You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man, and happy Mother's Day to you from us here at Sports Talk. This is Big Man, and of course, as always, joining me, Brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Brother Cooper. That's right. Is that is that our, our new thing, Brother Cooper? Yes, brother Cooper. <laughs> well, yes, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there, and, uh, you know, and hope you, you uh, were able to kick your feet up and eat some good food and spend some time with your old babies. Yes, absolutely, and of course... For all you fathers pulling double duty, happy Mother's Day to you as well. Yes, yes, you single dads out there, out there kicking ass, we love you so much. Yes, sir. All right, sir. So with that, are you ready to get into basketball, baseball talk? Let's do it, brother. All right, we're going to start off, of course, as always, like we do with the NBA records from the previous week, starting from the bottom going to the top. Here we go. That's how it is, right? That's right. Eastern Conference, the Pistons went 1-3, Cavaliers 0-3, Magic 1-2, Raptors 1-3, Bulls 2-1, Pacers 1-3, Wizards 3-1, Hornets 2-2, Celtics 1-2, Heat 2-1, Hawks 2-1, Knicks 2-2, two two. the Bucks went undefeated at 4-0, the Nets went 1-3, and, and the 76ers are riding a hot streak and went 5-0 this last week. In the Western Conference, those lowly little Rockets are 0-4, Timberwolves 0-2, Thunder 0-4, Kings 3-1, Pelicans 1-2, Spurs 1-4, Grizzlies 2-2, Warriors 3-1, Lakers sliding back at 1-3, Blazers feeling themselves at 4-1, Mavericks 3-1, Nuggets 1-3, Clippers ugh, 2-0. Suns three and one, and the Jazz went undefeated at four and zero. Oh. It's so weird, so weird hearing the Jazz go undefeated. Like right. what? The Yaz. The Yaz. <laughs> the Yaz. They, they've never really been much of a. Yeah, they haven't really been much of anything team, since so. the nineties. So, 
All right, so here we go. The standings as they sit currently in the Eastern Conference starting at the top. Here we go. The 76ers lead it all at 47-21. and 21. The Nets right behind them at 44-24, and 24, three games back. The Bucks are 43-24 and 24, and three and a half back. The Knicks are in fourth. I can't believe the Knicks are still this high. Hey, go, go, go Knickerbockers. All right. 37 and 30, nine and a half back. The Hawks are 37 and 31, as well as the Heat. Both are 10 games back, five and six respectively. The Celtics are sliding a bit at 35 and 33, 12 games back. The Hornets are 33 and 34, a game under 500 and 13 and a half back. The Wizards have jumped the Pacers currently and are in ninth seed at the 32 and 36 mark. And 15 games back, the Pacers, 31 and 36, 15 and a half back. Of course, we're doing only the top 10 because the top 10 is the play on, is the play-in from the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seeds. And, the of course, the Western Conference. The Jazz lead it as the only team to win 50 games thus far at 50 and 18. The Suns are right behind them, a game and a half back at 48 and 19. The Clippers behind them are four and a half back of the Jazz, 44, or 45 and 22. The Nuggets still holding strong at 44 and 24 and six games back. The Mavericks behind them are 39 and 28 and 10 and a half back. The Blazers are 39 and 29 and 11 games back. The Lakers are 37 and 30 and 12 and a half back. The Warriors are chomping at the bit to try and keep climbing those rankings right now at 35 and 33 and 15 back. The Grizzlies are 34 and 33 and 15 and a half back. And the Spurs under 500, 32, 35, and 17 and a half back. Are you ready to talk some baseball? Let's talk some baseball, brother. Moving the diamond, on. baby. Let's do it. That's right. We love the boys of summer. Here we go. The records from this last week, starting with the American League, going from the bottom to the top. The Tigers went two and four. The Twins three and four. Angels one and six. Orioles two and five. Rangers five and two. The Royals though went zero and seven this past week. The Rays five and two. Astros two and four. Mariners three and three. Yankees five and two. Blue Jays four and three. Indians six and one. White Sox five and are three and two, A's five and two, and the Red Sox also went five and two. It's got to sting a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it is what it is, man. <laughs> the National League, the Rockies are two and five, as well as the Pirates and Nationals. The Diamondbacks went one and six, Marlins four and three, Reds three and two, Braves four and two, Cubs five and two, Padres two and four, Phillies five and two. The Dodgers went two and four. Oh, man. oh killing me. <sighs> Brewers went two and six. The Mets and Cardinals both went six and two, and the Giants went four and two this past week. And so, the standings. So the Mets and the Yankees are actually playing good baseball right now. What's up? Yeah, the Yankees are playing good. The Mets are playing good, and the Knicks are in the holy crap. And the Nets. What? What do New York? What? New York is trying to become the mecca of the sports world right hey, now. Hey, that's awesome, brother. Yes, we're giving love to you in New York and Jersey. We love you. Keep loving us back. <laughs> Just saying. Hint, hint. Uh, wink, wink. We see you. We see you. Uh, Keep it up. We love it. <laughs> Share with your friends. Yes, please do. In the all right, so the standings as they currently sit in the AL East, the Red Sox are twenty-two and thirteen. The Blue Jays are seventeen and fifteen and three and a half back. The Yankees are eighteen and sixteen, three and a half back. The Rays are seven or eighteen and seventeen, excuse me, and four games back. The Orioles are fifteen and nineteen and six and a half back. 
In the Central Division, the White Sox are 18 and 13, leading the division. The Indians are 18 and 14, a half game back. The Royals are 500 at 16 and 16 and two and a half back. The Twins are eight games under 500 at 12 and 20 and six and a half back. And the Tigers are 10 and 24, nine and a half back. Out west in the in the American League, the Ace are leading that division at 21 and 14. The Mariners are 18 and 16 and two and a half back. The Astros are 17 and 16 and three games back. The Rangers 17 and 18, four games back, and the Angels have been sliding as of late, and they are now 14 and 18 and five and a half back. In the National League, in the NL East, we are talking those Mets 16 and 13, leading the division. The Phillies right behind them at 18 and 16 and a half game back. The Braves are seven or 16 and 17, two games back. Marlins are 15 and 18, three games back, and the Nationals are 13 and 17 and three and a half back. In the National League Central Division, the Cardinals, my pick for the win, division winner, are back on top where they belong currently at 21 and 14. The Brewers are 19 and 16, two games back. The Cubs, one game above 500 at 17 and 16, three games back. The Reds, one game under 500 at 15 and 16, and four games back. And the Pirates are 13 and 19 and six and a half back. Out west in the National League, the Giants lead the division at 20 and 13. The Dodgers and Padres are tied at 18 and 16 and two and a half back. The Diamondbacks almost called them something else entirely, and that would have been bad. Are 15 and 19 and five and a half back, and the Rockies are 12 and 22 and eight and a half back. Whew. Let's talk some news. Let's do it, brother. Starting with the Diamond, we finished the standings with the Diamond. We're going to stay on the Diamond in the news. So we're going to talk about the perfecto that wasn't. This last week, John Means, a 28-year-old right-hander uh, starting pitcher of the Baltimore Orioles, threw the first no-hitter for, fran- for the franchise since 1969 when Hall of Famer Jim Palmer did it. But what makes this even more unique was due to a technicality, his no-no was not a perfect game. Even though he did not give, a hip, give up a hit, a walk, and there was no error that caused a runner to reach base, he faced the minimum, and he faced the minimum of 27 batters. So what happened? In the third inning, Means struck out a batter, but the ball went past the catcher, and the batter turned runner, made it safely to first, and the pitch was deemed a wild pitch. A few pitches later, the man on first attempted to steal second base, but was caught, which resulted in Means facing the minimum of 27 batters. So, a technicality cost your perfecto. That is not good, dude. It's still the best game you probably ever played, but dang, right. man, that's gotta that's gotta burn a little bit. Yes, yeah, sir. It, it it really was. Uh, it, it, a lot of people were like, "It's controversial." Well, yeah, but no, because it was a wild pitch, and the guy reached first base safely. So it's not technically that controversial because they didn't record the out properly. So that's what what happened. So yeah. Um, it's Boy. not as controversial as the Madison Baumgartner no-hitter that isn't. <laughs> yeah. Because of, of technicality in the league rules of how they view games. It's just... But it's another great um, game for John Means that he um, got to do this again for the first time since 1960. That's a long time. Right. That is a very long time. That's what... That's over 50 years of baseball, of Baltimore Orioles baseball that... It's not like they – I know they've sucked pretty much as of late, but they haven't always sucked. They were pretty decent in the 80s and the 90s. Um, so it's kind of shocking that they went this long without a pitcher throwing a no-hitter for them. Yeah, so. man. But this is pretty good for the ball club and good for him, man, because sure. 
you know, it, it does sting a little bit, but at least, <laughs> at least you have that to carry with you, man. So yep. that's that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, unfortunately, the perfecto would have been a lot more. <laughs> oh yeah. Of a of an accolade, but still being able to throw no hitter is still an accomplishment, and getting to face the minimum batters required, or basically technically the maximum. I don't know why they call it the minimum twenty seven. It's you. It's really a maximum. You really should only be facing twenty seven if you throw a perfecto. So yeah. Uh, a few days later, though, we had a second no hitter this past week. That's right, another one in the same week. Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Reds threw a second no hitter last week against the Cleveland Indians. Miley was close to perfect as well, but he had walked a batter and there was an error on a second baseman that allowed two runners to reach base. Well, the walk allowed one to reach base and then the error uh, got another one on base. This made for the fourth no-hitter this season. Of course, does not count Madison Baumgartner's seven-inning no-hitter that he threw a few weeks ago uh, because, you know, baseball's being retarded about that. Yeah, and it, we're still it's irritated. still like, what? Yeah. At the rate baseball is going, though, pitchers this year will obliterate the single-season record for the modern era of seven and then also the dead ball era of eight set in the 1800s. The modern-day era was set in 1990 and then tied in 91 and then again in 2012. So the pace of that baseball is on right now, we could possibly see 21 no-hitters this season, completely annihilating the record. Cooper, where where are these pitchers coming from, bro? I don't know, man. Like, like, what are they put in their bleedies, dude? I, I, a lot of analysts believe this to be the work of the fact that batters are so worried about home runs and launch angle and all this crap, and then they're striking out at a higher rate that they're not putting the ball in play as much as they should be. Uh, yeah, which is resulting in pitchers dominating as well as they have been. Um. Because Miley does not look like a prototypical possible steroid user. Um, Means doesn't also didn't look like that either. Um, and also uh, Miley's um, ground out to um, flyout ratio was like nineteen to one. Dang so dude. he threw he got nineteen ground outs, so like one flyout. So it's not like he's overpowering um, yeah. hitters and anything like that. So it's just interesting to see though. And like I, uh, analysts say, possibly because everybody's trying to either hit a home run or they're striking out, it's what probably has led to this <coughs> renaissance of pitching. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I like home runs like anybody else, but I'm old school, dude. Get on base. It don't matter. Get on base. Yeah, win the ball game. Win the ball game. Yeah, I mean, it was great because... Um, uh, Will Michael Wilbon this past week when they were talking about um, how they don't dislike um, the shift and all that talked about how Anthony Rizzo, who's a very strong left-handed pull hitter for the Cubs, went oppo- opposite field to get a base hit, which ended up being a w- winning hit for the Cubs. And it's just that's what you're supposed to do as a hitter. You're supposed to be able to put the, try to put the ball where they ain't. We understand there's no players in the stands. But you're also supposed to be able to hit the ball where no one is in the put field. It where, put it where they ain't. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, that's old school baseball right there. Yes, sir. And uh, I just I would like to see that. And my other thing is like, well, we're, we're tired of seeing the shift. Well, your lefties need to learn to hit opposite field. And then you guess what? You can't shift on a guy who can take the ball the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to have a shift against you, you better learn to hit <laughs> right. and stop trying to yank the ball 
400 yard or 400 feet into the left or uh, right field. So forget righties hit to the left field, lefties hit to right field. It's yeah. so weird to it's, think that way, but it is what it is. Because yeah. your power power arm is your trail arm, so it's weird. I should know. I should know though. I've played baseball well enough, so. but you know, again, I was just a righty who can hit opposite way. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. One final thing from baseball: Albert Pujols was released this week from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and yes, I threw in the Anaheim because you are in Anaheim. <laughs> You're just not gonna get over this, man. Nope them them and the Chargers <laughs> not gonna be over it. At least the Clippers play in at, Los at Angeles. Least, at least you don't, you know, with, with, yeah, Anaheim, you actually say that with the Chargers. You mess up every now and then and go to San Diego. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's because that's where the Chargers belong. Yep. Anyways, so I just, the Angels were better off just being the California Angels, in my opinion, but I digress. Pujols was in the final year of his 10-year, $240 million contract. He signed as a free agent in 2011 with the Angels. Pujols' time with the Angels was very underwhelming as Pujols did not seem to have the same magic he once had as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Pujols had planned on retiring at the end of the season but was not getting the playing time he wanted with the team and they mutually parted ways. It will be interesting to see where he ends up. It will be interesting to see if he gets picked up. His best bet would still probably be in the American League where he can just DH for a team. Though Tony LaRussa, Pujols' former manager with the Cardinals, says that Pujols doesn't fit with the White Sox, LaRussa's current team. Cooper, your thoughts on another end-of-an-era type player in Pujols and possibly I, early retirement? Yeah, man. That's, that's just sometimes how it goes. And, um, you know, you go to one, you know, you do well on one team, that's because the 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 staff you have around you can push you that to give you that extra you know oomph and then you go to another team that just doesn't have that 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 it factor they're like that lackluster you know whatever mm-hmm. and they don't get the same push and they, it's not the same guy so right. and I I still believe that that coaching is a lot of everything too you have to be coached right in order to be a superstar, what you do? Yeah, so. yeah, which is surprising because Pujols is one of is one of the greatest right-handed hitters we've seen yeah. um, in our lifetime, and also probably one of the greatest right-handed. Because when you think about hitters, the greatest hitters of all time tended to be left-handed. Um, Babe Ruth obviously was one of them. You rarely saw many great right-handers. You did get to see one in um, um, Hank Aaron was a righty who. At one point, was the all-time home run king, but very rarely when you start thinking about you know prototypical guys who were great hitters were usually lefties. You had Ken Griffey Jr., of yeah. course. Barry Bonds was a lefty. Whether or not you want to believe he was a steroid user, blah blah. blah. Well, that's he neither here nor there. Um, we did get to see, of course, Sammy Sosa and also Mark McGuire again, cheaters, quote unquote. Um, yeah. Though though Sammy and Mark McGuire did admit to steroids. Um, you can go either way against how you feel about people's use of steroids, but I digress because I don't really, I was never one who really cared because like I'd also, how many pitchers took steroids? That's my other thing. Yeah. To try to throw a fastball as fast as they could past the hitter. So I'm like, so 
were they really cheaters or were they just victims of the times? Yeah, yeah, that's true too. So, but anyways, but uh, so when I, but so Pujols, who doesn't, as far as we know, may never have any indication he took steroids. But again, just another right-hander who was great in St. Louis. But this, you're right though. Coaching has a lot to do with a, a player's ability to continue to be great, and uh, which is weird too because he was teammates for so long with Mike Trout, another really good right-handed hitter. That they you you expected the Angels with just those two have a power punch that's just oh, undeniably yeah. great. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it just never came to fruition, and it was really shocking. So it's gonna definitely, like I said, it's gonna be interesting to see where if he ends up anywhere. Um, I mean, because really, he National League he really doesn't play the field as well as he used to. Um, so he. Without a DH, it really would be better for him to be in uh, with the American League, stay in the American League, so that way he can at least DH, uh, because he's, like I said, he's just not as good as a first baseman as he once was. And oh yeah. We're gonna move on to the hard hardwood though. Let's do it, brother. The NBA has fined New Orleans Pelicans GM David Griffin fifty thousand dollars for his comments that went against the officiating and comments that were deemed detrimental to the league. His comments came after his star Zion Williamson was injured or it injured his ring finger that has him out indefinitely. Griffin start, uh, started that Zion is probably not being officiated properly. I messed up that whole <laughs> sentence. And says that the team um, sent plenty of film showing Zion getting hit too often, saying this is similar to the treatment Shaq would get when he played. So, Cooper, your thoughts on David Griffin's fine and comments regarding Zion Williamson. Oh man, this is this is sticky waters right here, dude. Like, I understand being honest and being blunt about, you know, your player status or situation. Mm-hmm. But there's also a protocol to go about doing things in a league that you know you know you're allowed to say certain things, you're not allowed to say certain things, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he may have uh, stepped on somebody's toes with those comments. Yeah. Um, the league, of course, is very protective of its officiating crew. It's one of the few leagues that cares a lot about yeah. its officials, um, which does seem kind of odd. But, again, you're having guys who are running back and forth at a high rate of speed to try to catch fouls as often as they can. And it's hard to see because it's hard to get the right angle because you still may be running and trying to watch at the same time. You're also trying to – because you're as you're running as an oh, official yeah. – you're running sideline to sideline. You're not only having to worry about watching the play, but you got to watch where you're running because you're also right there with basketball players on the sitting on the bench, and then you got fans on court side. So you're trying to watch where you're running and the play at the same time. It gets a little bit hard, and you're also trying not to get too far out onto the court yourself because you also don't want to be in the middle of a play on accident either. So it's, it makes it really difficult. So they're really protective of their um, officials and so it's hard too because Zion is of course he's not built as big as Shaq was but he is still a big athlete and a lot of people also view this as a similarity to more of not Shaq in that aspect but how LeBron James is officiated when he goes barreling down inside trying to get a layup or a dunk and gets kind of hit and you know LeBron 
Yes, you're you're a crybaby. You're a Laker now, but you're still a crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. When it comes to officiating, getting hit, yeah, but is. it's hard to determine how much impact that they really have on your shot as you went up when they touched you. Was it so blatant where you got to be like, okay, that did alter the shot? It's hard to judge a six foot nine, or in this case, a six foot seven, two hundred fifty, two hundred sixty pound man, and how much he got touched altered the shot. Yeah. If it's if it looks incidental and it doesn't appear to affect the shot. They kind of don't blow it, but if it seems obvious enough, then they'll call it. It's just, it's really hard because, you know, like I said, they're run, they're running back and forth, up and down the court, trying to watch where they're going, trying to watch the play at the same time. You almost have to be a chameleon as a referee, so you can have one eye over here watching where you're running and the other eye on the play. And pretty much every sport nowadays, even freaking NFL sometimes, dude. Mm-hmm. Them guys are all over the place when, they, when they're officiating games and shit, and it's like... yeah. You know, I know we're we're hard on on reps and 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 football, but that's just because sometimes you see stuff that's just like it's blatant. Yeah. And sometimes it does not get called. But yeah, with this dude, it's like, like I said, you have to be careful what you say and what you do, especially the position you're sitting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. Yeah, it's sticky waters, like I said. I honestly believe the officials, I mean, the NBA really needs to look at possibly adding a fourth official and helping them out. Yeah. I think that would be better. I think you it would be better off trying to keep, like, an official. I think it would be best if, honestly, what I really think would be best is they added, um, let's see, they got three now, I believe, one here, one here. Quarter, quarter. So they're at three, adding three more officials. I think one would be good one for on each side of the court. Well, I was thinking you would have one on each baseline, so they that's where they would be positioned. They could go up and down the baseline and watch play to help watch plays. So they'd be up and down the baseline um, by the hoop, and then you have one on each sideline up to the fit, up to the baseline and also up to half court. And then the other, and then on the other side too. So that way, they're basically looking at a certain area all the time. And then, of course, one of them would be the deemed head official who would make the, um, who would be the v- replay viewer and all that. You know, the lead official of the game. But the, I would think that would actually help them out having that many more eyes on the game. Eyes, and then you refs aren't running back and forth so much that it. Yeah. You know, they're missing calls or whatever. Yeah. And, and then uh, it's the only thing where it's going to probably end up being a possibility where it's a problem when two officials are getting close to the certain area, like either towards a corner of the baseline oh, or yeah. you're getting close to the... I was, I was thinking about that. Like, what if they run into each other? Well, not just running into each other, but just the fact that who who's... And one of them makes a call and the other one doesn't see it that way, then how do you settle the argument? Replay. You could, but then you're going to extend the game. So, well, But I'm yeah. just saying, though, it would just seem better in to me and for the fact that there's I don't see a problem with having more eyes. Even if he just added the fourth official would just be helpful. Not necessarily have to add three more, but even just having the fourth official, yeah. another set of eyes on the court would be a beneficiary to all the officials. Oh, to de- me. Definitely, so I think I I vote for at least one, but I think six where you're kind of zoning, keeping them in a zone would be more ideal. But you know, anyways, we'll move on from that. 
I can go on forever about how it's, I think the game should okay, be changed. Man. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. <laughs> all right. Steph Curry. We're going to talk about Steph Curry. Let's do it. As he continues to show why he's absolutely one of the best players in the league and may deserve another MVP award this season as he seems to single-handedly have kept the Warriors in playoff contention. He scored a ridiculous 49 points in 29 minutes. The game against the Thunder was so lopsided that Curry was kept out of the fourth quarter. This point surge has helped him take over the scoring lead this season from Bradley Beal, who had dropped 50 points just in his most recent game. And then he's also out against the um, Atlanta on Monday night with a hamstring issue. So Curry has a good chance. So it'll be exciting to see how this finishes out with the lead leader, lead league, league leader in scoring. There we go. When it's all said and done. <laughs> see that five times. Yeah, man. Uh, Curry's just—he's out of this world, dude. He's crazy, man. Uh, I've always had respect for him. Especially, you know, not being the biggest guy on the court. Mm-hmm. He, the, the shots that man can make is just like, wow. Oh, I know. And, and, you know, it's you know with him, mostly you look at it and you go, dude, this guy practice all the time. Yeah. He's always on that court. Mm-hmm. He's probably the first man on the court, the last man off the court. Yes. I'm just telling you. He's this, crazy. This guy is, he is nuts. It is. He's nuts. One of the we were watching the highlights um, at work. <laughs> we're not supposed to be, but I was. I didn't care. Um, and uh, one of the last shots it showed, he got a he got the ball, ran, and soon as he not he was inside half court, but soon as he just got beyond the half court logo, so he's still almost close. He's still pretty close to half court. He just stops, pops, and puts it, and you're just like Curry, don't do that to. Oh, screw it, Curry, whatever, man, just. Annihilate right? the like he thunder. has no zone, dude. He could, he could. What is your range? Oh, the <laughs> arena, basically. Yeah, dude. Let's put a hoop on one side of the bay. Let's put him on the other side of the bay. He might still be in range. All for all we know, shit. The guy has unlimited range. It seems like it's unbelievable. It's fun to watch. It is. It's it's awesome. <sighs> Uh, it's just been great to see him overcome it, his early ni- injuries. It's going to be nice next year to he- see him and uh, Clay Thompson yeah. back together, you know, the Smash Brothers. And, yep. You know, hopefully, if he keeps going, they'll make it to the playoffs. But for sure next year, as long as Clay can stay healthy and he can stay healthy, no, they're, they're, do, they're, they're possible they're title contenders next year. As long as they're both healthy. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on. The 76ers are suddenly hot as they have roared back to the top of the Eastern Conference standings, riding an eight-game win streak. Buoyed by the recent struggles of the Nets, the 76ers jumped out to a three-game advantage over the Nets and will have a chance this week to lock up the top spot and home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. So, Cooper, your thought on the suddenly hot 76ers? What's going on in Bel Air, dude? Well, Bel Air's in L.A., bro. Well, you know what I mean. We got we got uh, Ben. Uh, what do they say? Ben Simmons. He's like the uh, the fresh prince of Philadelphia. <laughs> Probably, yeah, dude. That, that's just crazy, man. They they're killing it, dude. Mm-hmm. They're killing it, man. So it's been unbelievable. It's it's weird to see after all these years of trust the process with the 76ers. Now all of a sudden, the Sixers are like title contenders. You're like, what? <laughs> what? We're talking about the. Are we talking about the same Philadelphia 76ers who were irrelevant when Iverson was gone? We're talking about that 76ers. Yes, we're talking about 
that 76ers franchise. It's unbelievable. It's good to finally see Philadelphia having another team to root for as they make the process towards a championship because right now the other two kind of questionable right now. Yeah. Phillies haven't done a whole lot, and then the Eagles kind of imploded. So, sorry, Philly fans, but that's what happened. Well, maybe the Eagles will have a better chance this football season. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm just saying, you, you, gave, you gave the quarterback his receiver. If you can't do something, something with it this season, then move on. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we're moving on from that before I go <laughs> on to another rant. <laughs> And, of course, on the opposite end of the spectrum will be the Houston Rockets, who have almost sewn up the worst record in the league. As it stands right now, they have a potential to be the only team in the league to fail to win at least 20 games this season. They currently sit at 16 wins and need to win their final remaining four games to reach the 20-win mark. However, it seems very unlikely at this point as all four remaining opponents are playoff teams still battling for certain seeding in the playoffs. Blazers, Lakers, Clippers, Hawks. They should just give up. Just go <laughs> home. Don't play these games. Just just, just wave the white flag. It's done. I quit. <laughs> it's done. There's no point. We already know they're scrapping it. They're, they're ready for next season already. They're scrapping this. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's a nightmare. I mean, to be the only team in the league to not win 20, though, it would just be embarrassing. It's, it would be, right? I mean, I grant, I get it, I get it. You're you're trying to get the number one pick. Lottery balls be ever in your favor when it comes to that point. But still, only team to not win twenty. Only team. And that's gonna be the worst in history, right? No, it's not the worst in history, but still, just pretty the, close. Eh, close enough. But it just seems odd. It's like even the worst teams around in other. Parts of the league are at least 20-game winners. Yeah. That's basically like in the NFL saying, you're the only team that didn't win all year. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you went 0-16? What? So I'm not going to be surprised if we don't have our first ever 0-17 team just this year because I don't trust Houston to win a ball game. <laughs> I'm just saying. Houston... You might have a problem. You definitely have a problem. And not just in basketball. (laughs) Luckily, your Astros have won. It's almost sad because the Astros have won almost as many games as they have, and they haven't even played as many games. (laughs) Already. Uh, That is sad if you think about it. Wait, what is the Astros record right now? (laughs) Let me go back and look real quick. Uh, Yeah, Astros need two more wins to tie (laughs) And it's this early in the year. (laughs) That's sad, honestly. Yeah, that is sad, brother. All right. We're moving on (laughs) again. Last thing we need to give note to, speaking of a former Houston Rocket, as he was last this past season, but now a Washington Wizard, Russell Westbrook has made history as he has tied Oscar Robinson for the most career triple doubles at 181. Westbrook, of course, has a few games remaining this season to break the record. Which seems to be a foregone conclusion at this point. His first shot at it will be tomorrow night against the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. It was announced earlier this season that Westbrook became the all-time Wizards triple-double leader. A franchise that's been around since 1961, and the stat became officially recognized in 1979, 
No one who has played for the Wizards in their career has had more triple doubles in their career than Westbrook has done just this season alone of 35. That alone is astonishing. But early congratulations to Russell Westbrook for for when he officially becomes the all-time career leader in triple doubles. Yeah, he'll get a statue. In Washington, he should. He deserves it. <laughs> Does he really deserve it, though? Yeah. <laughs> You're the <laughs> franchise's all-time triple-double leader, and you haven't even played. And what's even worse, <laughs> even worse than that, it's not even a full 82-game season, and he's going to have more than anybody in Wizards history <laughs> in one season, and it's not even a full 82 games the hell is going on it's definitely head scratching dude i don't get it i don't get it either this this just is beyond all reasoning to me how the wizards for the past 30 odd years no that's almost 40 odd years over 40 odd years no one has scored more than 35 uh, recorded more than 35 triple doubles in their career as a wizard it's a bullet slash wizard. The hell happened? Is I don't know. But congratulations, Russell Westbrook, because you are a triple double machine and you deserve the record that you're going to get from Oscar Oscar Robinson. And I hope Oscar Robinson um, appreciates what you've done for the league. Because honestly, it is hard to do that. You can't. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's not easy and. Unless you're playing 2K all the time, you know, it's... It, it's even hard for me on yeah. 2K, and I'm playing on Pro. <laughs> yeah. I, can, so. I could probably do it if I could play on Rookie, but I can't even play on Rookie in, C, in Career Mode, so it's Pro is the lowest you can go. Yeah. I mean, if I was a Rookie, I'd be dominating that thing. Right. Because <laughs> I've already broken the single season, uh, single game scoring record, but that's besides the point. We're not talking about 2Ks. But, well, it, what's weird, because as a point guard, he gets a lot of rebounds, and he's not very tall. Pretty average size he's for a average, point guard. Yeah. Um, he is muscular, so he's got that going for him. But yeah. so you're getting at least ten rebounds. Well, he's a scoring point guard, so ten points for him is pretty easy to get, anyways. But then also to get the assist, because when assist you're relying on someone else to make baskets. Yeah. From your pass, so not only do you have to throw a good enough pass, you also have to then rely on the person. If it's not just an easy little dunk or little flip up at the hoop, and if it's actually a shot, you're, requ- you're relying Requi- on them to make a basket. Rely on them, yeah. And then, you know, it's just unbelievable that he's been able to do that. Um, I'm excited for him. I wish we had the money to go up to Atlanta because it is just a short four-hour trip up to Atlanta. I'd love to be able to see it, but unfortunately, don't got the money. Yeah. But, you know, I can't wait. Um, I wish the game was on tomorrow night too, but I don't even think they're going to have – Air it. Um, I, if I was NBA, I'd be airing the crap out of that game just because I would change it over to ESPN tomorrow night, whether it's on there or not. Because it's not often you get to see someone break a rock record like that, especially when it's Oscar Robin, uh, Robertson, because Oscar Robertson's a very good Hall of Fame player. So, <sighs> anyways, I'm just rambling now. No, you don't. don't mind me. No, that's cool. I mean, you're right, dude. It's it's pretty cool, dude. Um, I I want to see it. So yeah, it's only on NBA TV. I think I might have NBA. We might have NBA TV. I might have to put that on if we have it, dude. Might have to watch that. Yes, sir. 
Because it's definitely going to be worth watching if we can watch it. Because that's just fantastic history to watch. Um, so I hope anybody who has NBA TV or has NBA League Pass, and you're, of course, not in Atlanta, because if you're in Atlanta, you can't watch it on League Pass or NBA TV because it's a local game. So you have to watch it on, hopefully they'll have it on local for you. Watch the game. Watch history being made by Russell Westbrook. Brook. Book. Can't speak all of a sudden. It's probably because I've had a long week. Yeah. And it hasn't definitely, been. bro. One day off is not enough for me. <sighs> anyway, so. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Got yeah. anything else to add? Bro? Yeah, we, we appreciate every single one of you. We hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. And uh, shout out to my dad. It's his birthday today. So That's right. Born on Mother's Day. Wow. Was he actually born on Mother's Day? I think he was actually born on Mother's Day. Hmm. What a way to spend Mother's Day, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> and shout out to our friend Brittany Smith. If you happen to be listening, it was also your birthday today. So, And happy Mother's Day because you're also a mother. Yes, happy Mother's Day and happy birthday. We love you. So... That does it for us here at Sports Talk. Be sure to tune in, though. Tuesday, we got NASCAR talk for you. A little bit of football. A little bit. That's mostly going to be yeah, racing. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. There's not <laughs> a lot going on. It's basically dead season now. Yeah. It's dead season until uh, we get to the uh, uh, July. We're in the dead zone. Or so, so. I hate this time of year because it's basically dead season for the NFL. Right? I Nothing's mean, really I wish we happen. had the XFL right now or something. Just something. We got the Spring League, but it's hard to find what that's on or where it's at. Spring League and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, when, not Wednesday, Thursday. There we go. Get the right day. Worldwide Sports Talk. We got to talk about some... Interesting stuff there. McElroy and golf won for the first time in 18 months. We'll get to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about the fallout from some positive test or failing of a test. It's, well, it's positive on drugs. So failed the test technically. It's weird how that works in the medical world. But uh, Medina Spirit, the Kentucky Derby winner. What? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. Tested positive, failed the drug test. There we go. That's how it's supposed to be. They're, they're giving their horses steroids nowadays, are they? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. And so, uh, yeah, that. And, of course, we're going to talk a little bit of the hockey. A little cluck, cluck, puck, puck, bing. Oh, some weird thing. I, I'm tired. I can't do that no more. All right. And then, of course, next Saturday, we preview Backlash. Yes, baby. This is going to be fun. So be sure to tune in this week as we talk some more sports for you. And as always, keep Keep on on talking talking sports. sports.